Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Bogdanovich attacking the Yang. Drives. Rudy's got everybody sealed. Bogdanovich lays it up. Opening play of the second half. A beautiful curl for Boyan Bogdanovich down the lane. Royce pushes ahead to Conley. Conley hands to Bogdanovich. Right corner three. Ow! Conley flares to Bogdanovich. Ball fakes Maxi. One dribble to his right. Fires the three and hits. O'Neal picks it up. Transition Bogdanovich to Ingles. Back to Bogdanovich for three. Swish. The Utah Jazz win easily. They blow the game open in the second quarter. They blow it wide open in the third quarter. They rest all the big names in the fourth quarter. And the Jazz beat the Sixers by 35 points, 120 to 85. Bogey led the way with 27 points, but that was awfully easy against the shorthanded Sixer team, PK. Oh, it was, yeah. It's just what they needed. Nice little easy win, get some confidence, get going back in a win column. Really can't say a whole lot about it. I don't know how much you can evaluate. They did what they needed to do, and that's a very much a watered-down 76ers team as opposed to what they thought they would have. And they didn't have anything there, and the Jazz had it going on. I look at it more about the Jazz. You know, when they lose, I say, well, uh, you know, I look more about them as opposed to the opponent. And i, I got to stay with this. Even though the, the Sixers were watered down, uh, I, I'm, I'm more concerned about what the Jazz do as opposed to Philadelphia. Jordan Clarkson gave him 20 points. Not spectacularly efficient, but not spectacularly inefficient either. So maybe that gets him going a little bit. Uh, Conley, Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell only played 22 minutes. I mean, that was that was a ton of rest for him. Uh, barely, barely playing at all. Had 13 points in his 20 minutes. And the Jazz have had problems rebounding, but they were plus 14 in this game. Both teams with six offensive boards, so that was a little better. So... They obviously had a huge size advantage, too, and Gobert crushed it with 17 rebounds. And We'll see how they do against the Raptors tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Vivint Arena. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. A couple of the games in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors, best record in the league, win again. They go to Barclays Center in Brooklyn and beat the Nets 117-99. Steph Curry, a 37-point outing. And I saw a stat after that game, PK, that's uh, 37 times now he's hit nine three-pointers in a game. And you look at the guys who've done that, who've had a lot of nine nine three-point games, like the next five guys haven't had 37 together. Nobody shoots it from deep the way this guy does. He is just I, I didn't need a stat to, to notice. I know stats get you going, but yeah, he's so entertaining. I think he's the most entertaining player we have in the game. I have big-time recency bias. I always go with what's right in front of me. I'm the opposite of about a lot of guys who say my day. Seems like I get caught up in the moment. And that game obviously was on TNT before the Jazz game. So I had nothing to do, and I'm not feeling well. So I just sat there and watched that whole thing. And he is so freaking entertaining. I can't think, literally, I cannot think of a more entertaining player in the history of the NBA. Magic. Michael. You're just going to greatness. I don't know that you're necessarily going to entertain. I mean, Showtime was pretty entertaining, and you were in L.A. for it, so it's 
why I started there. Right, but that wasn't just magic. That was showtime. It was. I'm talking about an individual player. I don't know that I've seen a more entertaining player than him. He barely seems to sweat on the court. He is in phenomenal physical condition. And to shoot off the dribble, going left, going right, his balance is always so good. So easy for him to hit it from deep. Two, three steps behind the line, no big deal. Uh, it's really amazing. I, I don't know that I've, I've seen a player like that ever. Especially, you know, when he's coming along at the right time. Because you look back, and, you know, I was telling you last week when I saw Ron Boone in that uh, celebrity golf challenge in Kona. He told me later it was Kona. And then I flicked over and I saw Magic's first game. And I saw a guy take a shot from the corner who looked a lot like Ron Boone. And I knew he played for the Lakers, but I didn't know when. Uh, if he was on the team that year. And so I went and looked up the box score. And combined in that game, both teams attempted zero three-pointers. <laughs> uh, and so I don't know that Steph would be as entertaining without the three and without the permission, I guess, and the line of thinking, of course you need to shoot that shot. It's just it's absolutely amazing, man. He is so fun to watch. Steve Kerr was asked after the game, the offense, when, what really, when it's going like that, what makes it go? And he said, Steph Curry. Steph Curry makes it go. For sure, yeah. Clippers beat the Spurs 106-92. to Paul George led the way with 34 points in that one. And those were the only three games in the NBA last night. So the Jazz now sitting on 9-5, tied with the Clippers and the Nuggets for fourth in the West. Three games behind the first-place Warriors. Staples Center is getting a new name beginning Christmas Day. Home to the Lakers, the Clippers, the Sparks, and the Kings, and who knows how many concerts and events there all year long. It's going to be known as Crypto.com Arena. And Crypto is paying about $700 million over 20 years to rename the building. It's been the Staples Center for all 22 years of its existence. But Crypto's throwing the big money. $35 million per year. Injured guys coming back. Pelicans forward Zion Williamson has been cleared to resume contact drills and do some one-on-one drills. He's ramping up for his return to action from a right foot fracture this past summer. Clay Thompson on court with some five-on-five drills with the franchise strength coaches. He's expected to return around Christmas time. So, oh man, he must dominate if he's playing the franchise strength coaches. Showing them who's boss. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. BYU 81, Oregon 49, a 32-point blowout win for the Cougars in a pseudo-sorta kind of road game. It wasn't in Eugene. It was up in Portland on the Blazers court, the Moda Center. And they took control of that game immediately, PK, and then they just kept pulling away. And if you were waiting for Oregon to make a run, then you were up all night because Oregon never, ever made a run. That was a dominant performance by BYU. It really was, yeah. The best defensive performance I've seen since I don't know when. And maybe ever. And you know, I really started following basketball with BYU in the 90s when I got here. I'm a little bit familiar with them, but seem occasionally before that. Not a whole lot. Uh, but obviously here, and then covering them for several years with the watchdog. It was just absolutely brilliant, yeah. I mean, Dave Rose's team would run and gun, so you can't really count them. Steve Cleveland had some teams that could uh, 
lock you up a little bit, especially with Travis Hansen, who was an incredible athlete. So that group and this thing here early, I mean, Oregon just could not score. BYU took a little time to get going, but their defense made it such that there was no pressure offensively because it wasn't like Oregon was scoring and starting to build a lead into four to six to eight and so forth. Not at all. BYU's defense was incredible early, allowed it to get the offensive flow, and Barcelo as one of those, uh, what, 50-year, 60-year seniors or whatever he is, I mean, just took over, and he's a dominant player, and he's got a bunch of other guys who can do some stuff for you. I couldn't have been more impressed with the Cougars and their win over the Ducks, who were ranked 12th. I don't know what that means because that's early, and maybe they're not as good as we thought. But right now, they thought they were really good. And so to go into Portland and do that was just absolutely outstanding. Cougars didn't do that to the teams they played at home. So did BYU just play their best game? It's San Diego State who gave BYU a good game. Is San Diego State much better than Oregon? There are many more games to sort all of that out. But to go up there for one night and just completely dominate for 40 straight minutes was really impressive. Yeah, and then, you know Oregon got a little bit of a flow considering they had no flow. They got a little bit of a flow coming out of the second half with a couple of baskets. And you think, oh man, here we go a little bit. But no. The Cougars just shut it right down, right there. And it was just basically 16 minutes of garbage time in the second half. UVU's at Long Beach State tonight. That's the game on the local scene. Tip-off set for 8 o'clock ESPN+. Plus. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Baltimore Ravens release former Pro Bowl running back Le'Veon Bell after five games. He had 31 carries for 83 yards. That's less than three yards a carry. He did score a couple touchdowns in short yardage situations. But Le'Veon Bell let go. Running backs, you're really good until you're not in the NFL PK. And when it's over, it's over. When you lose that burst, it's all done. What are you going to do? Well, you you know, hopefully you'd save enough money and then you've got other interests in this world. I can't speak to specifically what Le'Veon Bell's interests are. I don't know, but now you've got an opportunity to do that. So I can't answer that question specifically. Chargers play starting defensive lineman Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery in the reserve COVID-19 protocol. They might miss Sunday's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are crafting their game plan for the Charger matchup with Mason Rudolph as the starter. They are, quote, leaving the light on for Ben Roethlisberger to play if he clears the COVID protocols in time. Mason Rudolph, man, it seems like he's been the backup there for 10 years. Right? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? I think it's at least four or five years. The ageless Mason Rudolph. How old is he? You're good at that, PK. I'd say, uh, what do you want, is it Oklahoma State? I'd say Correct. probably close to 30, 31. He's 26. I thought he was way older than that. Uh, I'm terrible at that game. And then he allegedly called that, uh, who was it, uh, Miles Garrett, the N-word, but he didn't. And they just go on. No big deal. NFL Hall of Fame defensive lineman Curly Culp announced he's been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. 75 years old, played 14 years in the NFL, and was a six-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro. When I was a little kid, Curly Culp was, he was a stud. He was big time. Well, we're leaving out one important uh, name on that resume, and that would be Arizona State. I did not know that he was a Sun Devil. Absolutely, he's a Sun Devil. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. 
Big 12 issued a public reprimand Tuesday fined Baylor $25,000 because students and fans stormed the field before time expired and the Bears win over Oklahoma and again when the game is over. Conference said the reprimand and fine are in accordance with policy, so BYU fans and students are on alert. Get your court get your court storming and your field storming in in the next year and a half because the Big 12 is going to drop the hammer. Okay, but they stormed before the field time expired. If they expired, uh, if they did it after zeros, would it be still a fine? Yeah, would it only be like ten grand? According to the Big Twelve, it still would have been fine, but maybe not as much. Oh. Ah, come on! But twenty-five grand—that's not stopping anybody. Yeah, it'd really be isn't. interesting to see, you know, when the first uh, incredible Big Twelve moment. Now, obviously, it's. Not that Baylor and Oklahoma are big-time rival; they're conference rivals. So every, I think every game is a conference. If it's a if it's a conference game to one degree or another, it's a rival game. It may not be the rivalry, but the fact that Oklahoma was undefeated at that point makes it just absolutely gigantic. And I, and I think the big story here is Aranda, their coach, is now starting to get some serious run. Uh, and he's got some California ties, so we're hearing his name being associated with USC. And, of course, he's, oh, my family and I love it here. Every, Baylor's been everything we thought it would be, blah, 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 blah. That's all well and good, but it's not like, well, forget that. I ain't going. No, hmm. we don't hear that at all, and nor should he. He's reportedly uh, a Dodgers fan. Oh, is he? Yeah, well, I know he's from the area. Yeah, he's from L.A. So, Norm Chow, uh, get him some tickets. They'll hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, See, uh, as because they've had an outstanding season, and last year, you know, it was COVID, so you really can't count it. I, they weren't very good, and they lost their quarterback who had the best spring game ever here for Utah, and so they weren't expected to do that well. And here they are, uh, number eleven, and knocking Baylor or uh, Oklahoma out of the ranks of undefeated. So his name is going to surface there for sure. So, I guess the question whether you're Kalani Satake at BYU or Dave Aranda at Baylor or anyone else. Uh, obviously, there's a financial thing. Number one for you, number two for your staff, and number three for any facilities or recruiting budgets. You know, when you have the leverage, now's the time to bring that up and see what you can get the, the school and the institution to pony up for. But then on top of that, how much do you like where you are and you have ties where you are and it's home and you got family, you don't want to move your kids and settle in because this is a spot versus you go to some of these jobs, and obviously LSU and, and USC are open, and we see it when the, the, the rankings come out last night. You know, if you're at a name school, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. So if you want to go to a playoff and win a championship, a lot of these schools, that's the thing they can't do anything about in the negotiations. You know, you, if, you're, if you're BYU, if you're Baylor, if you're whoever, you can't pretend to have the cachet that USC, LSU, and whoever have. And that's and we were sitting here talking about all the things yesterday that, you know, Kalani can consider and the money BYU's got to pony up and that stuff's all true but at the end the cachet some of these big name schools have and the doors that get open hey, when in doubt, one loss Cincinnati is getting left out. One loss Baylor has been left out. If BYU gets in that one loss situation, they could be left out like the Cotton Bowl team was, although it was a different era and a different postseason. But if you're at LSU or USC as a one-loss team, you got a shot. Well, and, but, but, but yet that's not true. Well, uh, go ahead. 
So SC has been a one-loss team, and they've been shut out. I, I would disagree with that. Because they've been shut out in the era with two teams where they shut out in the 14. Now, if we're going to a 12-team era in a, in a year and a half, maybe a lot of that matter. gets – Yeah, the whole one-loss right. argument goes out the window. Yeah. To, to me, if, if Cincinnati's going to get shut out with zero losses, forget about one. Uh, but going forward, they're not going to. I, that, that's a G5 argument. If you go undefeated in these conferences – you're going to go in. So if, if you don't if you don't want people to look down upon you, then don't lose games. You now have access. BYU never had access, and in in, a, in uh, less than two years, they will have access. And so take care of business. I mean, SC hasn't gone once since they've gone in this direction here, and Washington has. So uh, SC has more cash than Washington. Uh, Washington. And, and it's going to change anyway, and it's going to broaden it. So I think that's out the door. And as far as, oh, it's home, and I know a lot of BYU fans like to point to that, that sounds good. But nobody was more of a homeboy than Bronco, and he moved his family all the way across country right when they were in high school. Why? Because he was getting over three freaking million dollars. Come yeah. on. Brian Harson's a Boise guy all the way. He moved his family all the way across the country. So that, that sounds good, the hometown story and all. But I don't buy that either because money talks and it'll always talk. It'll always have the loudest voice in the room. Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley downplaying speculation. He is interested in the LSU job. Says his feelings about the Sooners and the job at Oklahoma haven't changed. He is 54-9 and at Oklahoma since replacing Bob Stoops in 2016. And in 2020 agreed to a six-year $45 million deal. So he's making about $7.5 million a year. Kansas Jayhawks walk-on fullback Jared Casey caught the two-point conversion pass to beat Texas and Austin. Has signed name, image, and likeness deals with Applebee's with Applebee's restaurants in Kansas. Lewis Automotive Group, a dealership in Topeka and Hayes, Kansas, which is the closest town to any size of his hometown in Plainville in the northwest part of the state. Cashing in quickly. That's just a phenomenal story. That's incredible. That's the beauty of all this stuff, yeah. Some no-name dude, first and only played, been in offense. He's a special teams guy. We got an injury. You got to get on this two-point conversion. That is so cool. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball Award Weeks continues. Manager of the year in the American League, Kevin Cash, Tampa Bay Rays. Gabe Kapler, San Francisco Giants. Hey, you got any complaints with those, PK? No, they would have been the two most obvious of all the awards that they give out. That would be the least questionable whatsoever. I could have told you two months ago that those guys were going to win it. It's like the the NBA, Coach of the Year, Manager of the Year, goes to whoever overachieves the most. The Giants had the lowest expectations, ended up with the best record, makes it a slam dunk. Yeah, I don't know about cash, though, because they had expectations. They They were in the World Series last year. Yep. Angels upgraded their pitching staff. We told you about them getting Noah Syndergaard on a one-year deal, $21 million. That was sources yesterday, and now it's official. Toronto Blue Jays lock up. Jose Barros, seven years, $131 million contract extension. Generational money, PK, $131 yeah. million. And all that, I, I believe that's all guaranteed. MLB contracts are fully guaranteed. Yeah. 
What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small and get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, college football insider Riley Jensen will join us next. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, is here at 9 o'clock on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The question of the day is on the way, and we got a two-parter after two blowout wins last night. Fool's gold or the real deal? What did you learn watching those games? We will get to that next.